0: A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. Listen now for God's Word. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord and the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It is the Sunday after Christmas, which means that the last of the presents have been unwrapped and the hustle and bustle of the holiday season has subsided. It was a quieter Christmas for many of us, as families chose to stay home instead of travel to visit loved ones. And in this quiet, a question arises. Jesus has been born. Now what? On Christmas Eve, we heard the beloved story of Jesus' birth— The glory of the Lord comes upon a band of unsuspecting shepherds who are tending their flocks at night, and it is revealed that the Messiah has just been born. Suddenly, a heavenly praise chorus erupts from above as a multitude of angels sing praises to God. The shepherds rush to Bethlehem to find this heavenly proclamation to be true. They find two exhausted but content parents, and a baby resting in a feeding trough, for there is nowhere else for him to go. Once they have laid eyes on the Savior of the world, the shepherds make their trek home, praising God and spreading the word of this good news as they go. We then learn that after eight days had passed, the baby is circumcised and named according to Jewish custom. He is called Jesus, or Yeshua, because this is the name the angel gave him before he was even conceived. All of this leads us to today's story, which starts as a normal visit to the temple to fulfill a common Jewish ritual, and is interrupted with proclamations of praise by two unfamiliar characters, the aging temple dwellers, Simeon and Anna. The savior of the world has come into our midst But why does a feeling of emptiness remain? Jesus has been born and this is supposed to be good news, but COVID is still ravaging our nation and world. Our country is still a hotbed of social, political and economic unrest. And many of us brought old wounds with us into the Advent and Christmas season that we had hoped would heal by now when everything becomes quiet and we are left alone with our thoughts, a sneaking question creeps in. How am I supposed to, cra- to praise God when this world, when my world, feels like it's falling apart? This is a question Simeon and Anna can help us answer, for they had spent their whole lives waiting for the consolation of Israel. As a young person, I have done more thinking about waiting than waiting itself. The waiting that I am familiar with is the waiting familiar to any person who is on the cusp of transition. When I was a child, I was convinced that reaching the next grade in school would impart some sort of previously foreign knowledge to me. When I was in fourth grade, I thought the third graders were so young, but surely when I was in fifth grade, I would be older and things would be different. Fifth grade came and it turns out that it was the fourth graders who were so young and annoying and unfound knowledge would be mine once I reached the heralded gates of middle school. Middle school comes and all you can think about is high school, but when you finally get to high school, you have bigger and better dreams of college and life outside of the confines of your hometown. It is a never-ending cycle of always waiting for what is bigger and better instead of being content with the present. I wish I could say that this pattern of thinking has left me now that I'm an adult, but unfortunately, it is hard to break old patterns of thinking. I am on the cusp of my graduation from seminary, and I can't help but think of how much I would rather be settling into my first call instead of trudging through online classes. I am finding it difficult to be content with this season when I am so ready for the next one. Simeon and Anna hadn't just waited for a season, but for their whole lives. What must it have been like to spend your whole life waiting for something, and then for that something to come only as you were about to die? Simeon and Anna were not just waiting for any old something, they were waiting for the consolation of Israel, which sounds like a fancy theological phrase, but really just means that they were a people intimate with suffering, who were waiting for the one who would provide comfort and consolation and liberation from oppression. Simeon lays eyes on this baby named Jesus and his immediate response is one of praise. Nothing makes sense in this moment except spontaneous praise. He holds this baby in his arms and declares that now God can dismiss him in peace, which was the Jewish way of saying, I am ready to die now. Simeon can die knowing that God has come in human flesh in the form of an infant to be the savior of the world. Simeon's praise comes not from a place of false assurance that everything would be okay, but from the steadfast knowledge that Jesus' entrance into the world changes everything. In fact, Simeon knew that the road ahead was not a smooth one. After his declaration of praise and blessing of the child and family comes an eerie warning to the baby's mother, Mary. Simeon warns, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. The arrival of the Christ child means that the world as Mary and Joseph knew it was about to be turned upside down. Yes, this child will uplift many, but he will also cause many to stumble the arc of Jesus' life and ministry will show us that people will be either for him or against him. There was rarely anyone in between. Perhaps the most chilling part of Simeon's prophecy is that a sword will pierce Mary's soul, too. The depth of a mother's love will be revealed in the moment when her son is given as a ransom for many. The sword that pierces his side Will feel as if it is going through her very soul. This is a moment of both praise and prophecy. Simeon turns to a posture of praise because the good news that he had spent his whole life waiting for became realized in the flesh of a baby. Simeon knows with his every being that the good news is that God will work out God's purposes in due time. Simeon knows that God's revelation in Jesus is evidence for praise, even when it was not clear to others yet. No one knows a life of hoping and waiting better than the prophetess Anna, who we meet at the very end of this story. Anna is advanced in years and has spent all her days in the temple, worshiping, praying, and fasting without ceasing. It takes only one glance at the Christ child, and she knows. She erupts into praise, worshiping God and telling anyone who will listen that the redemption of Jerusalem is here. The Greek word for praise in this passage means to acknowledge fully, to confess. God comes to us as love incarnate, and this is how we respond. We respond by praising God— And in doing so, we confess that Jesus is Lord. We confess that this Christ child is God in the flesh and that it is this God who is the Lord of the world and Lord over our whole lives. Simeon and Anna recognized what others did not yet grasp. This baby was not an ordinary baby. This baby was a sign of God's salvation. Messianic fulfillment did not come through a mighty warrior arriving triumphantly on a horse, but through a baby born in a feeding trough to bewildered parents. This baby is the fulfillment of everything Simeon and Anna had hoped for. All those countless hours of praying and fasting in the temple led up to this very moment. Simeon and Anna could have been bitter, They could have been bitter that the one whom they had spent their whole lives waiting for was making his earthly entrance as they were making their earthly exit. But there is no bitterness or cynicism to be found in this story. Instead of a full-fledged Christmas pageant with a whole slew of elementary schoolers dressed in their finest magi costumes, this is the year that the B-Cast takes the stage. It is not the kids who are starring in the pageant this year, but the older adults. It's the living saints and servants of the church who are front and center this year, those whose faith has stood the test of time and hardship, those who praise God not because life is good all the time, but because it is how we confess that Jesus is Lord with our every being. And while we're at it, Let's not call it a pageant. Mom doesn't have to stay up until midnight the night before hemming Shepherd No. 4's cloak. And no one has to break up a fistfight between two junior sheep. True story. This is not the Christmas production that fills a packed auditorium. It's more of an improv deal taking place under the parking lot tent with a few curious onlookers. But this is exactly what we need. The hope of new life and older lives colliding. One life that is just beginning. Two lives that are nearing their close. A weathered hand holds a tiny hand, and Simeon's eyes crinkle into a smile. Counting those tiny fingers and toes reminds him of hope realized. Anna hums her favorite hymn when it's her turn to hold the baby. Simeon blesses the parents and the baby, and this does not feel like acting. It's the real deal. Holding this tiny baby and looking into the hopeful but exhausted faces of his new parents reminds him of his own tenure as a young man, of the feeling when his whole world changed when he got to hold his first child. Once the sketch is over, Simeon and Anna are chatting in the parking lot as they part ways. Our Simeon reflects, I have seen it all. I have lived through wars and hunger, miscarriages and lost jobs, family conflicts, the death of friends and family that came when no one expected it. And now a pandemic. Now I can say that I have seen it all and I'm ready. The world may not feel like it, but I feel at peace. I'm ready to meet my Maker whenever He'll have me." Anna stops and pauses. A predisposition of praise has not always come naturally to her. No one at church really knows how old she is, but old enough that she has outlived about everyone whom she has loved, including a husband who left this earth before she even turned 30. "'That's wise, my dear,' our church matriarch remarks. I haven't always felt this way, you know, humming hymns as I work and having a prayer list that grows longer each day. I have known both hardship and joy, and I will always praise my God. Life is not always good, but God sure is. Amen.